to Plantful Kitchen, the podcast where we talk about cooking delicious and healthy plant-based food. I'm Kevin, I'm a cat dad, a software engineer, and ranch dressing addict. And I'm Courtney, a food blogger, vocal pedagogue, and reluctant cat owner. Let's, Let's get, get cooking! <laughs> so, Kevin, yeah. tell me about the favorite thing you've eaten. I went to a non-alcoholic beer mm-hmm. and vegan cheese tasting workshop. Love it. And it was delicious. So it was put on by this company called Athletics Brewing Company and uh, another company in Brooklyn called Riverdale. Mm-hmm. And so what Athletics does is they brew non-alcoholic beer. So for anyone who doesn't drink, like my husband Will, or anyone who's doing dry January, like mm-hmm. you and your husband are attempted to do. Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't even try. Um <clears throat> They found a way to brew beer Mm -hmm. without alcohol, without it tasting terrible. Yeah. The, my only, um, and I, I drink alcohol and and I like craft beer Mm -hmm. and, um, these beers tasted good. There were only a couple of them that I like, didn't really like, but I think it was just because I didn't like the beer itself. Not because it was non-alcoholic. Yeah, that makes sense. And so for each beer, they paired it with the vegan cheese from Riverdale, uh-huh. which was really fun. So for like the stout, they had a like a coffee stout beer mm-hmm. and they paired that with, um, what was that one paired with? Oh, that was paired with uh, a sweet cheese that had pears soaked in brandy. What? And then one of their like super super strong IPAs was uh, paired with a sriracha beer or uh-huh. sriracha cheese, which was so delicious. And then, um, like one of the, I think they brought in a session ale. No, it was a sour, a sour beer. Really? And they paired it with this uh, pimento cheese and walnut mm. cheese. Oh, it was yeah, really, that sounds good. Really delicious. And then after. While everyone was just mingling and talking, they brought out a couple of giant cheese plates, and we just ate cheese and drank craft beer, and it was delicious. It Yum. was so fun. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I learned a lot about it. So I got a chance to talk to the owner of Riverdale Cheeses, and um, I asked her about a couple of things that I had been wondering about about vegan cheese. Mm-hmm. Like, why are there no hard vegan cheeses? That's a good question. Thank you. I thought yeah. so, too. And the answer is that it is totally possible but vegan cheese it well in cheese in general in order to get something like an aged parmesan or an aged gouda or some of the delicious hard cheeses Mm -hmm. that we know about they have to age in aging caves essentially with carefully controlled humidity carefully controlled temperature Mm -hmm. for like 12 to 18 to 24 months to 36 months so it takes a long time for them to age and for the moisture all to get out and so vegan cheesemakers are still pretty small yeah they, they don't, don't have three years. They don't have three years. To make a they parmesan. Have, I mean, think about, and also vegan cheese making is still pretty new. So yeah, right. So there are right. no tried and true recipes Sure. for making a hard vegan cheese. So think about if you're a vegan cheese producer, you can make the soft stuff that sells. You can make the soft stuff that sells really good and really fast. Mm-hmm. But if you wanted to make a hard cheese, you'd have to make a lot of cheese right invest all of that money in the materials for the cheese yeah let it sit for 18 to 24 months 
like with a lot of that takes a lot of space right and you don't know if it's going to be good when it's done because you haven't perfected the recipe yeah so she said people are working on it um and she herself has a hard cheese in her wine fridge at home because the wine fridge you can oh, control the temperature sure. and the humidity yeah and she says it's been aging for like 13 months and it's dry and crumbly and delicious but it's just a, a logistics thing which I thought was super interesting. I want that now. Yeah. Oh, man. If we had a wine fridge and two years to spare. <laughs> Come back in two years. <laughs> two years time. What was your favorite thing you ate this week? So Dan and I went to Modern Love in Brooklyn. I I have an issue with a lot of vegan restaurants that like use purchased ingredients like pre-made vegan sausage or cheese or whatever because it ends up being very very greasy and heavy and that's great sometimes but majority of the time it's just too greasy for my taste um but i really liked what they had everything was made in house so they had like a lot of cashew based cheeses and sauces and um and I got their hen of the woods like chicken bowl mm. kind of so they used hen of the woods mushrooms and then they had whipped potatoes and then they had this gravy with like butter beans in it and you know how I love butter beans yeah. um but the way they like the this bowl smelled like chicken dinner does Dan call you his little butter bean <laughs> Nobody should. <laughs> Why doesn't he? <laughs> That's so the did they like deep fry or like chicken fry the mushrooms? So they did batter them mm-hmm. and um I I don't know how they did it. I think they might have air fried them cuz they were battered and they were really really crispy but they weren't greasy. greasy yeah. Like if I had put them on a napkin, I don't think I could have gotten any grease off of them. Wow. But they still were super super crispy. So good. And and the gravy kind of changed my mind about gravy cuz I'm not really not a, gravy a gravy fan. Girl. But I'm not a, I'm not a gravy girl living in a gravy world. Um <laughs> but this gravy was really tangy. So like paired with the starchy potatoes, oh, it was excellent. I know what you mean about restaurants that use prepackaged things like i'm thinking in particular of a place where i had a chicken parm sandwich and it was just garden chicken patty frozen chicken patties Uh slices of daya mozzarella on top and like canned spaghetti sauce and all of those things are good but i it's like freezer food quality and not like restaurant quality like you could easily make that yourself if you wanted to Yeah. Yeah. So it was nice to find a place that they made so much in house and it was more, it's like they weren't using salt and fat as a crutch mm. to carry along their, their other flavors. Right. Like it was very, uh, really good food. Yeah. I really liked good it. To find a restaurant where they do sort of analogs of things that like mac and cheese or like a a chicken bowl but they don't try and replicate it exactly yeah they do the vegan version of it where Mm -hmm. the ingredients like the hen of the mushrooms would hen of the woods mushrooms (laughs) they they let those be the star rather than trying to do something yeah 
So tell me, in the middle of January, what should uh, what is the freshest food we could find at this time of year? It's tough. It's tough in January in the Northeast. Yeah, because it's full on winter. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't. We've had a couple of scary warm days, but in general, it's full on winter around here. And so I was looking for for things that were in season, and I happened upon the uh, San Francisco Farmer's Market mm. website with all of the things in season there. And there's oh. still so much in season in like in California. California. I was really jealous. But in our neck of the woods, it's mostly things that um, have been put into storage. Oh, sure. So yeah. like root vegetables. And I want to talk about one of my favorite things. What's which that? Is Beets. Beets are your favorite thing? One of my favorites. Okay. I love beets. And you can find them at the farmer's market now. Yeah. They've been, you know, harvested, but they're one of those things that store really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people used to put them in their basements and keep them in the root cellar. I want a root cellar so bad. Right? <laughs> you can and just imagine all of the canning that you have. Oh, my God. Yeah. So let's... Um, I didn't do any super research on beets, but I figured we could just talk about some ways that we could use beets okay. for recipes. I'll go first. Okay. Uh, my favorite thing to do with beets is roast them. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about my favorite roasting method uh-huh. several times, um, but I love to just roast beets. I cut them into strips like french fries oh. and... Um, roast them like that so there's lots of surface area and they Uh get super crisp on the outside and super earthy and tender and delicious Mm -hmm. on the inside and then you eat a lot of them and think you're dying the next day (laughs) (laughs) everyone's had that moment where you're like oh my god i'm bleeding (laughs) (laughs) and then you remember um and i also love to I can you, you can grate them and put them on a salad, which is really uh-huh. fun. A borscht is really good. I like a borscht. You do like a borscht. Like I'm not a borscht, a borscht mm. fan. I like a good borscht with, I mean, I don't have any Russian heritage or anything like that, oh, but mm-hmm. borscht with like some coconut yogurt on top and some dill. Sure. Maybe some fennel. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Borscht or um, I also like to make harvard beets do you know what harvard no i don't there's something i grew up with and they're definitely an acquired taste but it's beets that you cook in sugar and vinegar until you it makes like a a syrup and the sort of like sweet and sour beets so Mm. you slice them up and you put them in the stove with some water and some sugar and a ton of vinegar and cook them for like an hour just Uh simmer them in there and they um, get soft and have this delicious sweet beet syrup. Yeah, it's, it's really good. That does sound good. Yeah, I like pickled beets. Pickled beets are good. Pickled beets are tasty. And um, I grew beets a couple summers ago, and they didn't get very big. But I just chucked them on the grill on the barbecue and let them burn on the outside. With the skins on? Yeah. Oh, and wow. then after they've burned, you just kind of flake away the charred exterior and the inside is a little smoky, sweet. It's tender, but not like soft. Ooh, that sounds um, good. That yeah. would be really good with like tahini. That would be good. Everything is good with tahini. tahini. Let's be real. Tahini is magical. 
So I think I mentioned in our previous episode that January is also National Thyroid Awareness Month. So I didn't know much about thyroids until I had to research them for this, but apparently they are responsible for producing three hormones, and those are T3, T4, and calcitonin. And these three hormones play a major role in the metabolism, growth, and development of the human body. So they're not sex hormones, but they're responsible for, you know, other things. An essential building block for two of those hormones, T3 and T4. By the way, I'm calling them this because the full name for these these hormones is very, very long, and I didn't even want to try to figure out how to say them. <laughs> but this is also how they're referred to in the medical community, T3, T3 and T4. Great. So an essential building block for those is iodine which we have to get in our diet our bodies can't make iodine so we need to get a regular dietary source of iodine now iodine is one of those nutrients that vegans need to be careful about we just need to make sure we have like a regular source so some ways we can get that is from iodized salt table salt seaweed Grains apparently have a fair amount of iodine in them. Hmm. Um, And, you know, vegetables do too, but iodine is found in the soil. So if a soil is depleted in iodine, then the vegetables won't have any or they won't have a lot. So it's uh, it's just unreliable to get your iodine from those sources. Interesting. Yeah. However, pregnant women... We're going back to pregnant women again. Um, They need to be especially careful because they need 50% more than non-pregnant women. Oh, interesting. So. Is their thyroid more active, maybe getting baby So those hormones that the the thyroid thyroid (laughs) produces um, are essential for the, the growth of the fetus, especially brain development. So this is a quote from a 2007 PubMed article. In humans, the early development of the brain occurs during fetal and early postnatal life. Inadequate intake of iodine leads to insufficient production of these hormones, which adversely affect the muscle, heart, liver, kidney, and developing brain. This results in the disease states collectively known as iodine deficiency disorders, or IDD. And I didn't know this, but Hmm. this, the iodine deficiency disorders, is like a huge issue, especially in developing nations. And it only stopped being an issue in the U.S. when they started iodizing table salt. Interesting. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, so iodine, I think I vaguely recall something about that, right? Iodine was added to table salt on mm-hmm. purpose. Yes, yeah. yeah. And to, it doesn't naturally occur in salt, right? Right, no. But they figured, oh, salt is something everything everyone eats. So. Yeah. And because they did that, we stopped having massive so iodine deficiencies. I, I use non-iodized sea salt Mm -hmm. and kosher salt Mm -hmm. and i just bought a fancy icelandic ocean water flake salt (laughs) because of course i did (laughs) so do i need to worry about my iodine levels 
I mean, one easy way is to get those like little seaweed snacks. Yeah. If you ate like one box of those per week or mm. had sushi once a week, you know, right. it's and don't quote me on that. But it does seem like we need to be aware that this is a nutrient of concern and just make sure that there is a consistent source every week. And if there's not, then just take a supplement. Right. Yeah. So. Speaking of supplements, um, because iodine levels change so much based on the growing environment, doctors do advise pregnant women to take um, an iodine supplement. And 50% of prenatal vitamins don't have iodine in them. Interesting. So make sure your prenatal vitamin has iodine in it. And if it doesn't, get an additional iodine supplement so your baby's brain can develop. That's a good plan. So teach me about cooking stuff. What do you have this week? Sure. Uh, So I have egg substitutes this week. Okay. I think what you need to figure out is what is the egg doing in the recipe that you are cooking and that changes what you're going to substitute it with. Mm -hmm. So um, here are some egg substitutes that I have used and that I like, and I can sort of talk about each one and, and what it's good for. And, or maybe I'll talk about like what the egg is being used for. So an egg can be used as like the main ingredient Mm -hmm. like an egg like the star of the show like an egg sandwich yeah or like egg salad or this is fitting for uh this week's yes rehab recipe rehab yeah um and it could be also used for binding Mm -hmm. it can be used for leavening which is like to make something rise Okay. So like in a, a cake, eggs sure. will be used to make it rise. Or if you whip um, egg whites for a meringue, uh-huh. that's sort of like to make it fluffy and, and rising. Yeah. And it can also be used for um, fat content. Okay. So eggs can also be used to add, especially egg yolks. So yeah. If you see a recipe with like four or five egg yolks in it, uh-huh. that's, it's not going to bind anything cause it doesn't have the whites, but that's just to add fat and to add flavor. So the whites are high in protein, right? Right. The whites so are the high in white, protein. The protein is the thing that binds. Exactly. And the okay. protein is the thing that also like whips up Yeah. for, um, for meringue or for fluffy things. That makes sense. Yes. And a lot of times the eggs will do all three. Mm -hmm. But for example, in like pasta recipes, fresh pasta recipes, Uh they'll have egg yolks in there. And that's just to add fat Mm -hmm. and add flavor. Okay. It doesn't really bind it. It's not rising anything. So how do you substitute um, for each one of those things? I would say if the egg is the absolute star of the show, like an egg sandwich mm-hmm. there's a product out that is called just egg uh-huh. which we'll talk about a little bit later yeah in our breakfast sandwich rehab but it is made of mung bean protein and some other things like xanthan gum and some flavorings mm-hmm. it's pretty quote processed mm-hmm. so it, it's not a whole food by mm-hmm. any mean but it's tastes good and it really substitutes the texture of like a scrambled egg yeah 
um, and it tastes really good. And you, I think you would fool if you handed a plate of just egg to someone. I think you could fool them into thinking yeah, it was scrambled egg. I think egg. so too. Yeah. So you could use that. You could use tofu. Mm-hmm. You could season and um, cook up tofu because the texture is going to be similar to mm-hmm. that. If you had an egg salad, you could use tofu in that and make sure it's just flavoring. Is Make sure the flavoring is delicious. Mm-hmm. And so for baking, there are a couple of different options. If you want to bind something together... Um, You can use a flax egg, Mm -hmm. which is ground up flaxseed and water. Mm -hmm. You could also use a chia seed egg, same Mm -hmm. idea, um, which is ground up chia seed and water. And you mix it together with the water and you let it set and it becomes like gelatinous. Yeah. And that will bind stuff together. Mm -hmm. And then for something that needs to rise, like a cake, Mm -hmm. you can use a couple of options. You can um, substitute... Uh, baking powder for the egg how much but you want to uh, make sure there's also liquid and fat because the egg also has that content so oh, i found sure. this ratio that works really well so for substituting an egg for baking you can sub one and a half one to one and a half tablespoons of vegetable oil mixed with one and a one to one and a half tablespoons of water and one teaspoon of baking powder per egg. Okay. So it adds the fat, it adds the the liquid, and baking mm-hmm. powder reacts with heat and makes it makes carbon dioxide and makes things rise in the oven. So you can use that. Ooh. Um, or you can use baking soda and mm-hmm. vinegar. And oh. So. I've made cakes with baking soda and vinegar in them before, mm-hmm. and it's like that high school science yeah. experiment, the volcano, where yeah. you add the baking soda and the vinegar together, where it makes carbon dioxide again, and it uh-huh. makes things rise, but it's very slow, and the foam that it's making is essentially your cake, <laughs> and then it Fun. gets... Um, gets solidified in the oven as it bakes so when you do that do you like add all the dry ingredients together including yeah. the baking soda and yeah. then whisk in all the wet including the, the wet vinegar including your um vinegar okay so and you wouldn't do like a separate bowl with your vinegar and baking soda right, exactly. mixed together and then stir it yeah, in okay exactly and so I, I find that works really really well for cakes and usually what i do is i'll mix the bake or the vinegar in with my soy milk mm. which curdles the soy milk yeah and makes it like a buttermilk so it Lovely. gives it like a really good flavor yeah and then when you mix the ingredients in the wet with the dry it starts to fizz and you want to put it in the oven right away mm-hmm. so that you capture that fizzing action so that you get uh, oh. a lot of lift and a lot of loft sure. to your lift and loft, lift and loft. <laughs> um, to your um it's what i call, call bras yeah <laughs> lift and loft lift loft and separate that's right uh, and then if you want to um If your recipe is like a fresh pasta recipe or something that just has egg yolks in it Mm -hmm. for fat content, what I've done before is substitute coconut cream, which is fat and has a little flavor, especially if it's something sweet that works really well. Or you can just substitute like a tablespoon of um, of oil Mm. for that. Some egg substitutes that I really like are just egg mm-hmm. which you can find in most grocery stores it's great for a scrambled egg um, bob's red mill which you talked about mm-hmm. has an egg replacer so it has things to bind it's got some baking soda to rise um so it sort of replicates an egg that's really good for like cookies if you're making yeah. cookies um 
just look and see, try and determine how the eggs are being used in your recipe. Yeah. Well, can I challenge you to become a little bit more vegan this week? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, Kevin, listen. I'm, I know I'm that listening. you love to make soup. I love to make soup. You love it. And, and Yeah. Next time you're shopping for your soup ingredients, mm-hmm. instead of grabbing that bottle or box of chicken broth, go for the veggie broth instead. Great. It's going to taste pretty much the same. going to be a little bit healthier for you because... Uh, Bone broths, including chicken broth, have higher levels of lead, like unsafe levels of lead that leach out of the bones into the broth. Plus, there's fat, and there's just, you know what? It's healthier, and no chickens are harmed if you just go for the vegetable broth, and I guarantee you won't taste a difference. Guarantee. Thanks. There's also, uh, instead of a chicken bouillon cube, get a vegetable bouillon cube. Right. Or a not chicken bouillon cube yeah which is those are delicious really yeah. really good um that's a great idea yeah i think it's important to remember that like with every purchase you make at the grocery store you are casting your vote so even if you're still buying eggs or chicken breast or whatever if you buy the chicken broth too, then that's, you know, three votes you're casting. This is the kind of system you're propping up every time right. you cast a vote. So if you can just take away one of those votes this week. And not to get too serious about it, I don't want to turn anyone off from listening to this podcast. And I, I don't want to be too judgmental, but I watched a video I'm not sure why, but I watched a video this week about um, commercial chicken production, which is pretty, pretty horrific. You have, you know, these giant, giant trays of um, eggs that are just hatched in a giant walk-in incubator. Yeah. And the the chicks are sort of separated from the eggs really roughly. And if they don't make it out of the eggs, they're just th- thrown into trash bags with the egg shells. And they jump out, they fall out of the boxes and they get run over by the wheels and stepped on by workers. And the males are... are um, I've heard it both ways where they get shredded up right away. But in this particular video, the males were all just thrown into a big black plastic trash and bag. And then it's closed. And then yeah. it's closed and they they die that way. And um, it's really cruel and yeah, really, really horrible. And I think if any of us saw it in person, we would be disgusted. Well, especially because we all love chicks. Yeah. Right? Right. Everybody thinks chicks are adorable. But we're okay with uh, seeing them suffocate behind closed doors so separated from the process of it Mm -hmm. i think even it's such a small thing like swapping your chicken broth for your vegetable broth or doing vegetarian or vegan food one or two days a week yeah it's that thing you were talking about where it like casts a vote saying i want to do it i want it to be this way and not this other way yeah oh okay Let's talk about our recipe rehab. Speaking yeah, of eggs and chickens and all of that stuff. First recipe rehab. <laughs> first one we, we actually did. did. Yeah. Huzzah. Hooray. So do you want to talk about your, talk about what you wanted to accomplish with your well, sandwich and how you did breakfast that. breakfast sandwiches. Yes. This week. And I love fast food breakfast sandwiches. Uh-huh. Delicious. Give me a 
croissant, which give me oh my gosh, a, yeah, um, sausage egg and cheese. Uh-huh. Give me a sausage egg and cheese on croissant, a bacon egg and cheese. <laughs> I miss that. So I wanted to replicate a fast foodie type of breakfast sandwich. Uh-huh. So what my breakfast sandwich was was English muffins. It was a slice of Violife cheddar cheese, mm-hmm. a slice of tomato, um, just egg, some garden breakfast sausage, uh-huh. um, and then I caramelized some onions and added some gochujang sriracha, mm-hmm. which is... It's pretty sweet, so it's a little ketchupy. I'm I'm in that trashy person that likes ketchup on their breakfast sandwiches, <laughs> and um, and some mayonnaise, mm-hmm. and so that's what I did for my breakfast sandwich. And so I just um, cooked the sausage. I scrambled up the just egg, trying uh-huh. to keep it in sort of larger larger ish pieces right i put the cheese on top of it and put the lid on the pan and melted the cheese on top of it mm-hmm. and then assembled it and then we ate it and i thought it was pretty delicious it was it was delicious yeah. it was super super fast foodie uh-huh. super fatty and greasy really comfort foodie yeah um i wouldn't call it healthy <laughs> but better than eating the animal equivalent right it's good to know you can scratch an itch if you Definitely. should you have the yeah, itch yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah i think um i think i would have tried it also on a, a vegan croissant i know i really was thinking that too croissant. yeah yeah tell me about yours um so i wanted to do one that kind of was like the riverdale Riverdale is this place in Brooklyn that does it's a vegan cheese shop but they have some sandwiches too and they do a really good breakfast sandwich so I was kind of trying to mimic that but I wanted to keep mine whole foods plant-based and oil-free so it was not (laughs) nearly as decadent but I made a uh, I made a hollandaise sauce with cashews and some soy milk and seasonings and then I did um a little thin slices of extra firm tofu that I dipped in this like kind of a paste, like a thick, yeah, thick paste with nutritional yeast, black salt, uh, turmeric, onion powder, garlic powder, a little bit of the no chicken bouillon um paste oh interesting yeah a little bit of that and then some water uh so dip it in that fried it on both sides so it got a little crispy kind of a little crust on the outside Mm -hmm. and then i did dijon mustard diced red onion avocado spring mix some dill and on a toasted english muffin yeah yours was delicious thank you yours was more like you say it was less decadent but it was delicious. It was more like um, something you'd get at like a bistro. I really liked on yours the tofu. Yeah, you, it turned you out good. It thinner than I ever would have sliced it. Yeah. Only because I think of you. It was probably an eighth of an inch thick. Probably. Yeah, like a quarter to an eighth, something like that. Yeah. yeah. And I would. I probably would never have sliced it thinner than half an inch thick but i think it Mm. really really worked yeah because i wanted it to get as much flavor as it could and i wanted to get a little bit of the fried egg texture yeah without using oil so 
and you just layered them on top of each other so instead of it ended up being about a half an inch thick yeah but you had three layers that had seasoning and flavor on both sides so the flavor was that's like a, through the whole thing yeah that's a good thing so that's to a add good tip is slice your tofu really thin right yeah because you want as much flavor, flavor as you can yeah. especially i didn't marinate it so it was just relying on that exterior layer yeah yeah it's really good so there is some probably needs to be highly edited video of the husbands trying the <laughs> egg sandwiches uh-huh. that you can look forward to on our instagram so check that out yeah yes head on over to uh, our plantiful kitchen to see our breakfast sandwich recipe recipes rehab. yeah and let us know what you want us to rehab oh please At do this point, your chances of actually getting us to do it are a hundred percent you would be the only one suggesting. Yeah. So whatever you suggest, we'll do. Yeah. Rare opportunity. <laughs> Just don't don't ask us to do like steak. Yeah. <laughs> well, we could try. I could try. I would fail miserably. I would, think, I would you know what I would do is probably make my own seitan. I figured you would. Yeah. I would probably use a portobello mushroom. Oh, there we go. See? <laughs> Just ask us do to do that. steak. Bring it on, bitches. <laughs> Uh, aggressive. Join us next time as we talk about World Cancer Day. Aquafaba. Ooh, and we rehab French onion soup. Mmm, yummy. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Our Plantiful Kitchen. And be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with another plant-loving or plant-curious friend. Now, let's, let's eat, get some plants. eat some plants. <laughs>